This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the MBSP. Lucky number 10. We are back. Joe is here. Say hello to the people, Joe. Hello, people. (laughs) Everybody tuning in from around the world. Well, I guess mainly Michigan. Yeah, but still, we're we're getting there. We have a viewer in California, so. That is true. And Texas. We're building slowly. Rome wasn't built in one day, y'all. That is true. It's going to be a process, but got a good show. Yeah, got a good show today. A lot of good topics. Um, We got the hot five, as you guys probably know, here with our 10th episode. That should be a very fun debate full um, topics there. But I'm excited for, for that too. There's not a whole lot of sports going on, but we got a, we got a, some really good topics to debate on. I'm really excited. Oh yeah, the news may stop, but the debates will never. But <laughs> abso- absolutely. <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's get into it. First off, uh, everybody knows COVID-19 has now put the state of Michigan in order to stay home. The G- governor Whitmer sent that out on Monday that people should be staying home unless they have necessary work or needs that fit the guidelines in the mm-hmm. order. It's sad, but it is a good way to, to make a step in the right direction. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, you know, they think it's not too big of a deal, but I think that although I don't see as much of a threat, we're doing the right precautions since I feel like it's better to be overdone than under i guess over prepared than under prepared because yeah. now there's not as many people going out i mean people if they don't know if they have it because you can show you don't have to show symptoms to have it i think right that uh, was put out or whatever but well it, it can be very similar to the flu so what you might think is a common flu might actually be the virus so in some people that have the flu it's not necessarily they don't necessarily have to like make all these precautions they might just go with their normal lives but just take it easy but so i mean it's very similar to the flu and you can carry it even though you don't know and that's probably one of the biggest things that made this thing spread a lot is the the problems with people thinking they have it or oh it's not what you think it is it's just this or whatever but it might actually be that especially the people that traveled those are those are the the people that you have to watch out for because they don't know what if they've been exposed. Or yeah, not. I'm interested because I'm I'm looking at like the things you can do in the state of Michigan, and it's like if you need to, you can go get food from the grocery store or pick up takeout food. You can go to the pharmacy. You can go outdoors to go like walking, hiking, and running. Mm-hmm. And like you can fill your car with gas. But like some, I'm just more I. I mean, I get, like, that people want to go outside. Like, you got to go outside to get, like, that, what is it called, melatonin or whatever. Like, the like the good. Uh... Like, for sleeping? Yeah, like, you, I don't. Yeah. It's like you get, like, the. Yeah, that's melatonin. Yeah. And, like, you have to do that just so you're not, like, inside all the time and you're not, like, bored and you just get depressed and stuff. But, like, some of these things, I feel like they're. Like, you could definitely get it, like, if you run into people. Or there's, like, some places where, like, there could be a lot of people that, like, you have to do. Yeah, it's kind of one of those situations where there's really no perfect way to put this in order. Because there's obviously going to be things where 
we probably would be able to get away with it, but they'd put it on hold or things that are probably going to be like filling up gas. That's going to be a huge one because you don't know how many people have been touching nozzles and literally touching a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So there's, I, re- I really hope there's a way that they are going to um, make sure that those are all sanitized and clean because that, that could be not just for like spreading the virus, but just maybe even getting sick in general. I think there's a lot of things that we don't realize is very, very like unsanitary Definitely. that we just disregard in our normal lives. But I mean, the Michigan DNR had a lot of questions about like fishing and stuff like can people go fishing or like riding atvs and stuff and like they had a response on their facebook page that actually said like you can still do like fishing and hiking and other all those other things as long as you're just you know like following the guidelines staying Mm -hmm. six feet away from somebody washing your hands all the time which i think that's cool i mean obviously don't go with another person especially if they're not in your own family because that could be a a hazardous part but I, I'm glad that there's still some leeway that we can do some of this stuff, but yeah, the fact that we're still kind of quarantined yeah. to our houses, it sucks, but it's the, it's the only way we can really get to the bottom of trying to solve this. Yeah. And I think somewhere I read, I forgot where I read it, but I don't know if it's true or not, but it said like police or whatever are like, there are more like, you're more likely to get stopped now just like for people that are so they're wondering where you're going or whatever. And, like, they're just going to make yeah. sure that, like, no one's out, like, for stupid reasons or, like, they don't need to be out or whatever. And yeah, yeah. I'm just interested because people can just save, like, random stuff and then maybe get out of it. But also that's just kind of tough for people that, like, maybe need to get somewhere quick and they're just going to get stopped or whatever. But Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would definitely say, like, that stuff <laughs> is going to be a little bit you uh, you could almost say what's a good word for it it's it's going to be particular on what people say that they're doing and it might have to come down to the judgment are they actually doing that so i mean there's going to probably be a lot of pressure on law enforcement because they're going to be the ones that are going to have to make the call if these people are actually doing the right yeah. thing or they're just saying they're doing the right thing so i mean it's possible but it's it can definitely provide with an opportunity for people to take advantage of the rules. And we hope that that doesn't happen. Definitely. But Brandon, I think it's time for us to transition to everyone's favorite part of the show. It's Joe's fact of the day. Oh yes. I would love my facts. All right, Joe, what do you got? <laughs> All right. One second. Michael Phelps, most likely the greatest Olympian to ever, ever even grace the sport. All right. He has 21 medals, I believe. How many countries can Michael Phelps beat out by the amount of medals that he has? Are we talking like common countries or like, like, are we talking about like countries we know, like if you said Russia or China, or are we talking about any country? No, like how many countries? Okay. So all all put together, that would co- not even combine to the amount of medals he's won. Yes, is that what? Okay. Oh, I don't man. I don't know. I honestly, you could probably say like ten, just because there's some that are almost just there. 
Yes. Even though they're they're performing at a high level, but it's they're not like that great. But I don't know. I'm gonna say I'll say eight. It is actually ninety seven. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, dang. Okay, you're counting like every single. Dang, that's still crazy though. Yeah, he's a new breed. Man. I'm just saying, he's yeah. a new breed. That's that's wild, man. Ninety seven. That's that's a lot. That's an obscure fact, Joe. Well done. You definitely <laughs> bamboo. You definitely bamboos with me right there. But anyway, moving on now, we have kind of a NFL free agency news going on. We kind of talked about it on our last episode last week, but there's been some moves made as of late. Um, one of the more notable ones, and probably uh, one of the favorites for me and Joe, was the signing of P.J. Walker to the Carolina Panthers. He was a quarterback for the, I believe it was the the rough, he was the, not the Roughnecks. No, yeah, the Roughnecks. He was a Houston Roughnecks yeah, quarterback. Yeah. He was a Roughnecks. I don't know why I debated on that, but yeah. But that's, I think that's super cool, and I think that, that pretty much just opened the gate that, hey, the XFL really is another outlet. This This is possible that people can play in the XFL and then move up to the next level, and I'm absolutely all for it, and I think it was the perfect team because P.J. Walker and Teddy Bridgewater honestly have a lot of similar qualities and kind of have the similar play style. Yeah. So in either case, both of these quarterbacks can go in, and the offense really doesn't have to change that much. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you saw him like in the uh, in the XFL and some of the highlights, he's well, he's not arguably he is the best quarterback in the XFL. There was talks that Carl Jones was going to maybe beat him out for that title, but if you've seen highlights of him making those passes that barely have any any room for error, and also just his ability to get out of the pocket, scramble, and get yards on the rush, he's one of he's probably one of the best pickups for an NFL team to get. Yeah, for sure, one of the most dynamic playmakers, definitely. I mean, he tore up the XFL in in the season that we had before all of this um, coronavirus came about. But I think it's I think it's great. It's a cinder. It's almost like a Cinderella story. You're rooting for the underdog. Now there's a lot of eyes on the Panthers, especially what, what they're doing. They also had a signing of Robbie Anderson, former Jets wide receiver. And I, I really I really like that pickup for them. I think that was a that's a great fit for their team. They got mm-hmm. more more of a veteran, more of a deep threat to go along with their two young guys, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, who I mean they're they're great, but they're they're only in their first, second, and third years. So they're really young still, bringing in a veteran, especially now with a little bit more of an experienced quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater over there, the rookie Kyle Allen last year, who is actually Definitely. going now to the Redskins, I believe, as well. But I, I really I think that this Panthers team is really changing their dynamic, and, and it's exciting to see. Definitely. And I'm kind of excited to see the duos that are able to form with that. I don't know if P.J. Walker is going to be able to beat Teddy Bridgewater out for the starting quarterback and vice versa if Teddy Bridgewater will be able to do the same thing. But – Excuse me. Um, I'm just more excited to see that Christian McCaffrey duo, that uh, just the abilities for what they're going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was looking at their their depth chart right now. They got Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey, and then Anderson Moore and Samuel, and then they'll probably have Ian Thomas at tight end now that uh, Greg Olson, I believe, I believe he's retired now. I'm fairly certain he retired. I believe so, too. But, I mean – the when him and Cam broke up, it was kind of just one of those sad days. And speaking of Cam Newton, he is now a free agent as the Panthers released him. 
in order to, I think probably even it was probably more of a decision to help make cap room for even like Robbie Anderson. Cause I mean, his contract's kind of up there. I believe his was like f- over 40 million or he had a two year, $20 million. And I think yeah. he made that in about a year. So that kind of helped with cap room and stuff, but it's crazy to think that they got a fifth, I believe it was a fifth round pick to trade Kyle Allen to the Redskins, but they didn't get anything for a former league MVP like Cam Newton. (laughs) Just absolutely wild. Just blows my mind. And it's crazy how that works. I really thought that Cam Newton was going to go like, I knew Cam Newton was probably going to get dropped by the Panthers, but I thought he was going to get, go to the bears most likely. Yeah, me too. And then they dropped the, the ball and went with Nick Foles. So it, a lot of things have happened this offseason that have been very unexpected. I mean, and just the just the fact that he's a free agent is stunning to my mind that he wasn't like locked in to get traded. I'm surprised that he get... wasn't scooped up as fast as well. Yeah, it's just very interesting. And I mean, it's been how many? I believe it's been about what thirty six hours since this came about or whatever. And nobody's even like, there's not even any rumors going around where he might be going. I mean, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, Cam Newton's available, but nobody's reacting. It's kind of very strange. Yeah. It kind of get. I mean, it's not the same thing, but it kind of gives me vibes of when like, uh, like when Aaron Rodgers like went down in the draft and people are just like, why is he not getting picked up? He's a good quarterback, but why is he like, why is no one taking the, or taking the chance on this great guy, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Cam Newton, obviously, he's not in his his prime um, season where, I mean, he's not in his prime, like, physical level, especially like what he was with that 15-1 and Panthers team that went to Super Bowl 50. It, but, I mean, he's still, he's still not, not like, not a terrible quarterback. He's def, you could definitely say he's average for sure, but. The injuries are probably the number one issue with him, especially yeah. now that every, I think it's every year now he's been banged up with something, been sat out for a while. So I can see where teams are kind of like they're kind of skittish about if they want to try to pick him up with that that injury um, history. But I, I mean, for some teams, it's almost like what do you have to lose taking a chance like that? Especially the teams that are trying to rebuild, that, where yeah. they don't. There's really. I mean, yeah, you went three and thirteen last year, and why not just go for it? And if you don't get it, it whatever. It, it like it's not like you're going from a Super Bowl team to a, a non playoff making team. It's not like you're going to be. There's I I just the point I'm trying to make is there's got to be teams out there that should be willing to take a chance to get somebody like Cam Newton to improve their team. I mean, why not the Broncos? If Drew Locke's not the answer, why not go for somebody like him? Because mm-hmm. now you got weapons like Melvin Gordon. You got upcoming Cortland Sutton, who has been playing very well, and then you got Philip Lindsay as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good like talent in Denver. Obviously, they're not going to be a playoff ready team right now, but there's a chance that if they can put some more players on the field and get a good team chemistry, they could make a run, especially in the division they're in. Definitely. Brandon, do you think it's time to switch on to the next? Uh, probably the biggest uh, news in all of sports right now, Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. Yep. What's your thoughts it's on that, Brandon? Mind grenade explosion. I did not 
Okay, I wouldn't. I didn't say. I won't say that I wasn't expecting that to happen because I mean we did talk about it on our show that that was a possibility was Tampa Bay, but it seemed like every single sign in the world he was going to the Chargers. But I thought so he, too. He, yeah, he throws everyone a curveball. Says I'm going to go to Tampa Bay, and to be honest, like it's a great move for him. I mean, uh, with Tampa Bay or the Chargers, I think both of those were. Very good destinations for Definitely, him. Definitely, yeah. And the scary thing with this Tampa Bay team is they have Mike Evans, they have Chris Godwin, and they have now Tom Brady. Those guys are going to work. I feel like they're going to work really well together. And because I mean, of Tom Brady, a lot of the guys are wanting to get traded to Tampa now. Oh, yeah. And there was there was rumors going around about Julian Edelman wanting to go with him to Tampa Bay. And that would have been even crazier. Definitely. I'm sure I'm sure Belichick would not have been happy if that happened. But there was also rumors in Antonio Brown as well, which that would be absolutely crazy. That put the the whole league on notice if he came back to play with Tom Brady again. I mean, there was there's so there were so many rumors going around about what could happen if he ended up being a Buccaneer. And now that it's happened. There's still rumors today, and there's going to be tomorrow, and there's going to probably be the rest of the year that some guys are going to want to play with them. Definitely. And, you know, I think I said it on the last show about what Tampa Bay was probably thinking about doing if they got Tom Brady. And so far it looks like they might be able to do that with Jameis Winston being the backup. And when Tom Brady retires, probably in maybe three or four years at the most, most likely. Because how old is he right now? He wanted to play till he's – He's in his forties right now, so and he wanted to play till he was forty-five. And uh, I, I can't remember exactly. I he said forty to forty-five. Yeah, and with that leadership that Tom Brady brings to the table, along with just his veteran mindset and what he's able to and what he's able to do, I think that's going to be a really good fit for Jameis Winston if he decides to stay and if if Tampa Bay wants to keep him. Because, <clears throat> excuse me. When it gets to that point when Tom Brady's gone, Jameis Winston is going to be able to have all that time being under Tom Brady, being the backup for him, learning from that uh, for how good of a player Tom Brady is. It's going to be like another Jimmy Garoppolo situation where, you know, he didn't have a lot of time to shine in uh, in New England, but when it comes to his time, he's going to be able to show out and do what he needs to do, and he's going to show that he's a good quarterback. Yeah, and that's a great point that he could stay. We don't even know what Jameis is going to do. There's there's like there's really no talks about Jameis, which is kind of crazy the fact that he's he's though he was the league leader last year in passing yards and I mean, yeah, the interceptions too. But, <laughs> the 30 picks, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean throwing 4,000 yards, 30 almost 30 touchdowns and 30 picks. I mean, you kind of have to, I I'm going to say this, I'm going to feel a little bit for what Jameis cuz Jameis's running game that he had in Tampa Bay last year was an absolute just roulette of it seemed like garbage most of the time. And Definitely. I don't mean that in like a bad way, but like Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber have been there now for the last, what, two years. And it's just been all over the place. One day, one of them will run for 100. And then the next day, he'll run for like I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure it was Peyton Barber had a game where he had like 82 yards and a touchdown, and then everyone started picking up on fantasy. And then I'm pretty sure he finished the next week with negative points. It was like, how do you how how does this happen? And then you're like, oh well, we'll go to the other guy. And then he does the same. It just seems like everything just like 
there's no consistency whatsoever. And that's where no. I almost said Tom Brady should, or Philip Rivers should have found his way to Tampa Bay and recruited Melvin Gordon with them. Cause that could have been an even scarier team. Now that you have a, at a running back to the mix. Definitely. Because that's but, kind of what Tampa Bay is missing. And I mean, once they get that, it's going to be a scary threat, but yeah, for sure. Also, I'm kind of more excited to see what Tom Brady is going to do because I think this is going to, this season now is going to solidify whether he is the goat or not. Absolutely. This is, this is a mano a mano season coming up. Everyone, this is a personal battle between Belichick and Brady. And this is probably going to like, I, I'm sure Tom's probably thinking this way is that I have something to prove now. I want, I have all those people that said Belichick took me to six super, to win six Super Bowls. But now he has the chance to do it on his own, away from Belichick. Definitely. And that can pr- make him an even better quarterback. But that also brings risk because if you don't win anything or not ma- even not make the playoffs, if that's possible, that could ruin your reputation as one, yeah. as the GOAT. So it's, it's definitely Tom's mission, and the way he treats it is going to be the way that his legacy will pretty much be solidified. Yeah, and he's no stranger to, like, the guys who are doubting him, the people who are thinking that he's not going to be enough because, I mean, he was picked 199. Yeah. He had, he had everything to prove and, and literally everything, excuse me, everything to gain or nothing to lose and everything to gain. Because yep. he had no expectations. He ended up taking over the starting spot for Drew Bledsoe. Do, uh, <clears throat> was just a very good quarterback from start to finish. That mindset that he had of just being the best around and the best guy that you want to have in those tough situations, I think that's going to be the best for him, especially in Tampa for this new challenge. Yeah, for sure. And bringing up um, one little side <coughs> note to that, the first thing Tom Brady did as a request to oh, the yeah. Buccaneers, not bring anybody with him, not change the coaching staff to the ownership, asking for everyone's phone number on the team. That's That, shows, that shows Tom Brady's leadership and – he is on a mission, and he is ready. He's ready. He's ready to light the cannons there in Tampa Bay. He's ready. To, he's ready to start the fireworks. Yeah. and they want to get back he didn't, to the Super Bowl. He didn't even ask for number twelve. He didn't even ask for number twelve to have. Yeah, I, that's going to be interesting because Chris Godwin, currently the number twelve on the Buccaneers, said, "I, I, I will definitely give it to Tom Brady. He deserves the respect. He's the, he's the goat." And then Tom Brady's kind of. We don't know if Tom Brady's going to take 12 or Chris Godwin takes 12. You know, hey, maybe there's no 12. We don't know. Like this this will be very Maybe this is new Tom Brady's just going to have a new face. He's going to yeah, get a new maybe, number. Maybe he'll get number like 10 or something. I don't know. He maybe maybe everyone switches numbers. I, who knows? Especially with the new uniforms that are coming as well. Oh, I didn't see those yet. What they haven't they haven't came out yet, but oh. there's a lot of teams. I believe there's now seven or eight that are starting new uniform campaigns for 2020. Obviously, I believe the the Chargers, the Buccaneers, and then I believe the Rams as well are coming out with another one. But mm-hmm. yeah, just really quick before we move into the fun part of today's show, just think about the NFC South this year. It it is going to be fun. The Falcons now with Todd Gurley. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, that team is ready to roll. Then you got the Buccaneers we were just talking about with Tom Brady, Godwin, Evans, that high, highly um, 
that highly talented young defense they have as well. Then you got the Saints, of course, who just brought back Drew Brees mm-hmm. and also signed Emmanuel Sanders. They are ready to make moves towards the Super Bowl. And then you got the underdog Panthers that are now making moves with their young team. Like this A this NFC South is gonna be fun this year. <laughs> it definitely will. I'm excited for it. I'm just more excited to see um the competition come playoff time as well as just the the amount of time that they're gonna be on prime time because all these teams are gonna when they play each other, it's just gonna be the talk of the town. Yeah. Could we see three NFC South teams in the playoffs this year? <clears throat> There's a possibility. It's it's possible. I mean, the Saints, Buccaneers, and Falcons could all get there. Even the Panthers might sneak in as well. We have no idea. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. But now, Joe, it's that time, baby. We're going to get into the Hot Five. If you guys aren't familiar with the Hot Five, every fifth show, now this is will be our second one, episode number 10. You can do the math. We have five topics we have selected that we want to debate about and just let it all out on each other if that's what needs to happen punches might be thrown punches might be thrown via the airwaves but we are ready to go first topic of the day joe this is kind of an interesting one now that we have different sports on tv what is the better professional sport axe throwing or professional cornhole Here's the thing. If you're saying watching, I'd say cornhole because here's the reason why. is because when I'm watching it, there's so many guys who have, like, just, like, their headphones in while they're playing. Like, they're not even talking. And, like, no one's talking in the stands. They're just watching. And then, like, at the end when they, like, make a – when they get it in the hole, everyone goes crazy. And, like, they're just, like, jumping up and, like, super excited. But an axe throwing, you don't get to see that. I just laugh how like it's like super calm throughout. Like they're just it feels like it's just like a nonchalant uh game that they're playing, and then like once it comes down to it, they just get all excited. Yeah, it almost it almost like axe throwing almost kind of reminds you of like classic golf when it's just like quiet and then they're just they're just doing their thing and then it's like something crazy happens and oh it's so crazy, like the crowd goes wild, but I I have cornhole in both both ways i've personally watched both i am a huge fan of cornhole i love the game just i love because playing as well it is such a fun game and one thing i love about professional cornhole strategy is just absolutely crazy i mean these guys have almost 10 shots in their arsenal i mean just to name a few of them you got like the airmail you got the block shot you got the, the bully shot you got the flop shot those are just like you watch cornhole and you're like, what are those? What are, what are you speaking of right now? But in, for these guys, these guys all have those shots that they can pull off at any moment of the game. I mean, these guys know how to just absolutely thread the needle, it seems like. And when those guys get hot throwing those bags, they get hot. Like, some of them don't even miss. And Definitely. it's just absolutely fun to watch. And, and I mean, that's... No respect to axe throwing, but you mean no. Court, you mean no disrespect. You mean no disrespect because he's just said no respect. Yeah, no res- <laughs> No, I meant no disrespect and, to axe. Throwing. You know, I, I, axe throwing is a fun sport too. I've been out in my like, in like my barn or not like outside, like cutting wood and stuff, and I have a hatchet for like kindling wood and stuff. And I've done mm-hmm. it where I've set up a target and I've stand. It said twelve feet away is like the um, standard distance for it, and I stood there and I've 
hit that target a couple times. And I'm not saying, like, I'm a professional axe thrower, but I'm like, playing cornhole, I feel like, from both experience, is a much harder thing to do. Yeah, to, I, I w- I'd agree with that. Because it's, what, 27 feet or 30 feet is, like, the standard uh, distance between from hole to hole, right? Yeah, I believe I believe it's twenty seven. And I could I could be wrong though. And the arc that you have to put on the bag, the spin, because I I mean what the best thing to do is put spin on it because that'll make it so it kind of glides a little bit. And mm-hmm. to make it so you land in the right spot, you need to know the board if it's going to be bouncy, if it's going to be soft, like how much you have to put on it. But with the axe, you just have to throw it and get the right distance and the right uh, speed on the spin to make it stick in. And I cornhole is just a way tougher sport for me. Yeah, I mean, axe throwing, you really don't have to worry about the opponent side as much directly as cornhole because cornhole, you're competing against somebody. You're both, you're, you have your opponent throwing at the same board you are, where axe throwing, it's kind of separate. So, I mean, this, the strategy and the amount of just tactics you can use in cornhole, different bags, different bag styles different partners it's just everything just seems like it's so interchangeable and strategic where actually you just don't get to see that as much and that's why i feel cornholes i would say is the better sport Definitely. no disrespect to axe throwing though but um now into our second topic a little bit more into the the sports that we've more been talking about this one's an interesting one because i think there's gonna be some <coughs> opinions on this one mm-hmm. we got what is the best sports town in the United States? This one can go every which because I I feel like to have a really good understanding on it, you can't say it until you've been there for like each game. Because like yeah. I've been to a Tigers game like pregame, like we're in the parking lot, we're like uh, tailgating and stuff like that. I've been to I've never been to a Lions game, but I've been to like Lions tailgating and stuff like that, and that's fun to go to along with, like, Pistons games, Red Wings games. For me, the, Detroit's not the best town, per se, especially since how bad we are right now. It would be better, like, when it was 2008, when everyone was, like, pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But it comes down to just the atmosphere for every sport that is played. I mean, people argue that Toronto's a really good town to be in for it. For me, um, <clears throat> when I was, I'd say Nashville is probably top three. Really? Wow. Definitely. I, I, I was not I've expecting been, Nashville at all. Because here's, here's, here's the reasoning why. Because when, when I was a sophomore in high school, we went down there for a uh, spring break baseball trip, and uh, the Predators were playing, I think, I forgot who their big rival was, but I think it was like uh, the Canadians, I think, is their big, big rival. I forgot, but it was like a huge game. And there was like seven different like courts for uh, street hockey going on, like, New stations were there. Uh, vendors and food trucks were going on. Like there was like a truck from like the Monster, like energy drink, just giving out free monsters. Dang. It was probably one of no. It's the, the best time I've ever had at a tailgate before, or at a pregame thing outside, even before the gates were open for people to go in. Okay. And even I, along I, with that, just the atmosphere is just amazing. Okay. That's very interesting. I'll I'll be honest. I had no regard to Nashville on any part of my list. <laughs> so Joe, you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I get. I think my number one. I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna say Detroit because that's biased. And obviously, 
right now you can... even so detroit right now is not that detroit, big of a... yeah and that's kind of the thing with this this topic is it's kind of a little bit more opinionated because you can almost obviously we could say boston is the number one by far because they're by far the best city at winning consistently. I mean, you got 38 total championships in that city's history, including Bruins have been to the to the Stanley Cup for I think they're they're aimed to go this year. They were there last year. They ended up losing to the uh, Blues. The Celtics they haven't had the best uh, season, but they're on their way back with Kemba Walker. That team's really good too. And I mean, Red Sox, Patriots, yeah, like the like all those teams are consistent like winners. I mean. You're talking 38 championships for a city combined. That's that's pretty crazy. When every other is ridiculous, is under 15, mostly under 10. I mean, there's. No, I mean, you can talk about Toronto, the Maple Leafs. I believe they're the only team that has more um, Stanley Cups than the Bruins. With I believe it's 11. No, 13. I apologize, 13. But I'm gonna go a little bit on a a, a sleeper pick here. I'm gonna go with Chicago. And I have personally been to a Cubs. That's I've a good personally pick. been to a Cubs game. I haven't yet gotten to like a, a Bears game. I really want to get to a Bears game just because I'm trying to get to all the NFC North stadiums. But the Cubs are. I, it's just like the aura of the Chicago sports teams are just really like you will know them. It's a history. It is historical. I mean, you're talking the Bulls, the Cubs, the Bears. And then you got the Blackhawks, which they pretty much hold the fort down when it comes to winning, especially as of late. No offense, but I mean, the Cubs made it to the World Series first time in 100 years back in, I believe it was 16 or 17. Um, Blackhawks have six Stanley Cubs. I mean, they have 19 championships, and that's a pretty, um, a pretty iconic feat for a town to have that many. But just the, just, just the aura of Chicago, the city, is pretty spectacular. I mean, you got you got Lake Michigan there. You got all the skyscrapers, magnificent mile. You got like all these absolutely cool, like monumental places. Even like Navy Pier. Like there's so many cool things about this town and their sports teams being so historical in all of their, pretty much all of their sports having historical backgrounds and. All of these cool things just make this town so cool. So I would have to go. With, I'd have to go to Chicago, Definitely. but there's a lot of different ones. I mean, Texas. Texas has like yeah. three of them. You got like Houston. You got like Dallas. You got San Antonio as well. There's a there's a lot of cool cities, and there's like a uh, one of the sleeper ones that I actually saw was Pittsburgh is actually pretty far up there as far as championships. I mean, they only have three teams, but those three teams know how to win with the Pirates, Steelers, and Penguins as well. Definitely. I mean, Pennsylvania is a pretty good sports state. I mean, if you think about it, you got Philadelphia. Um, if you're just talking, like, I mean, obviously it's not a city if you're talking about the whole state of Pennsylvania. But, I mean, with Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, that's a really good sports town, too. Because, I mean, you know, Eagles fans are <laughs> oh, yeah. ridiculous. Philadelphia itself they'll, is they'll, They're wild. I think there's a story that there's, like, a, like, there's, like, a, like people like harassing like a like a child or whatever for wearing like the opposite oh, team or something that, like that. I'm not surprised Ridiculous. about that either. But I mean, you can also include the the mega sports towns. I mean, obviously with New York City and Los Angeles, who have like ten teams each. It seems like it's just like crazy. But I mean, I I'm 
I even forgot to mention you know, the Chicago Fire as well. <coughs> I mean, they're a really good team in the MLS. At least they used to be. Not not as much anymore now that there's more teams. Now it's more migrated towards, like, the L.A. Yeah. teams and then, like, Seattle and Portland. All the West Coast teams. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You're good. <laughs> Jeez, excuse me. <laughs> but Seattle, like, I mean, I've never been to a game, but, like, Seattle and Portland, I have a cousin who works out uh, for, like, Columbia and stuff like that. And he would go to those games in Portland for the Portland uh, yeah, Timbers, yeah. I think it is right. That the atmosphere at those games, just by watching them on TV, oh, dude, is ridiculous. And, like, soccer in the soccer atmosphere consistently, like any kind of game, whether it's playoff or regular season, I have to say <laughs> is pretty probably one of the highest of all of the sports because those those fans are <clears throat> devoted, like hardcore. Definitely. And, I mean, if you're just talking about the fans, have you? I've been to a Grand Rapids FC game where there's, like, probably maybe 200 people in, like, the fan section, and they're going crazy the whole game. There's people losing Jeez. their voice, everything yeah, like I, that. I mean, that, that, that itself is – I have – I'm unfortunately not backgrounded in, like, watching soccer games yet. I, I almost got to the Ann Arbor game when Manchester United flew over and they played, I believe it was Madrid. I, I tried to buy tickets, but they ended up selling out. But, I mean, soccer itself, yeah. just watching TV, obviously, like the World Cup, you got, te- like, the Premier League, you got um, Champions League, all of those, like, high-level leagues that a lot of people like to watch. Like, they're they're all in. There's, there's no holding back. These guys are going to, to cheer. They're going to cheer loud, and they're going to cheer constantly the entire game. It's just crazy. To hear those environments, especially especially when it's like Definitely. soccer's not really one of those like fast paced sports. It's really more of a strategic like we're gonna who's gonna hold the ball longest. Almost always is gonna be the winner. But Definitely. yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of great sports towns. I mean Los Angeles being one that we that has a lot of teams. As we now move into our third topic, the LA Rams came out. With their new logo, and I'm and I and Ugh. all right. There's my Disgusting. there's the answer to my question already. But what are your thoughts on these this new logo, Joe? Or even and the and the why identity. Change well. Why change <laughs> it? Why do you why do you change it? It's such a good logo um, to start. The old one is so good. Do you do you hate both? Because you can you I mean both of them. They had the or just one of them. I don't mind. Okay, I don't mind. Like the actual ram head, the ram head's like all right. It's not great. It's all right, but the oh, it's just not good looking. It looks you literally look like the Chargers. I have to agree with that. It looks too much like the Chargers, especially that like the um the the yellow yeah, like the horn curve is like the broken. It it's too much like the Chargers. At least make the A look like a ram. Like you have like the yeah. horn, but there that's was, it. Like, at least put, like, some more effort. It's just L.A. and then, like, the yeah. right side of the A is the horn. I found I uh, don't get it. almost a logo where they, they pretty much – there was this person that actually put them together. So, like, on the the right horn, well, assuming that you're looking – if you're looking at it on the screen, it would be the left, but it's the Rams' right horn. They actually had, like, the L.A. kind yeah. of inscribed the same way into the Ram head logo. And I think that actually looks pretty cool, but the LA on its own with the, the Ram head, it's, I mean, 
I'm not a big fan of either of these logos. I like the Ram one more than the LA one, but they're just... I feel like it's going to be like the... You remember the Chargers logo in like 2016 or 2017? That like it was the L oh, going to the yeah, A, yeah. but the L was like a yeah, lightning man. bolt on the edge. I feel like it's going to be like that. Like it's going to be... They're going to try it out and it's just going to yeah, be like, like a failed logo. Yeah, like me and my buddy uh, Steven were talking about it and it was like... That was a that was kind of one of the, I wouldn't say it was a dumb logo, but it was a dumb idea just because you already got the Dodgers that have the same similar logo. I mean, the whole town of LA honestly is almost copying themselves now with the Chargers and the Rams because their colors are almost similar. They're almost the same, but I mean, with the Rams, then they have that. They had like that cream and navy and white back a couple of like years ago, back when they're in St. Louis. I mean, that was honestly, I those look kind of cool. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to them going back to the those colors. I think that's kind of a cool thing that they brought the history and the tradition back. But I mean, with the Chargers and their blue and yellow, it's just kind of mm, you don't know, you don't, you don't know what to think. They're so close together. Yeah, it just doesn't look great it yeah i just don't like it because the thing is with the ram head it looks like you can definitely tell like they're trying to make it look like it's charging but the side view for the ram has so much better than like this little like 45 degree angle where yeah, you yeah. can see the other horn I, it's just why change what's already yeah. good i don't know it's just i i mean i like the ram head but it's just it, it's just kind of like there. There's nothing really about it. It's not like it's aggressive or anything. It's just kind of there. I mean, when you when you look at like other logos, like the Panthers that have like a one that like there, the Panther looks pretty ferocious. But I don't know. It, I I would like the logo a lot better if they they put the two together, kind of, and did something like that. But I mean, I like where the Ram where the Rams I was integrated like with if they the, put the uh... L A. You know how, like, the L.A. is in the other logo where it's just the L.A. and then there's the, the horn going around? If they put that one over yeah. the ear and then just kind of combine them together, I think that honestly kind of kind of cool. But I understand that they got to do, like, separate logos. I mean, obviously, like, teams like the I, the Bears, for example, and then, like, the – excuse me, the um, – I believe it I'm, – I'm drawing a blank. I literally just thought of them, but – like how the bears have like the the C, and then they also have the bear logo as like their second. Like that's cool. I I like how they did that. More you got a classic one, and you got a more modern one. Where these ones are both kind of modern and similar. It's just kind of yeah. Where they have the C on their helmet, but like on like the shoulder yeah, of their jerseys, like, they have the, like that's cool. Like the bear. two separate logos that are both cool. You you get the you get the modern and the history. I'm, I'm just hoping that they don't put this on the helmet. If they put it Dude, on, the helmet, put on the helmet, on the helmet. That's that's why they made it. <laughs> if they do, I'm gonna get so mad. Especially I if they have the horns on the helmet, like if they just have like the horn, but they have like the new look where it's like a yellow with like the stripes through it. Yeah. I'm just I I don't Yeah, I, I don't know. like it I at don't all. Know. This this logo, it's I'm gonna I, I'll It's not it. It, it ain't cheap. it. I'll, I'll give it a solid like probably a five out of ten. I'll give it a five. It's it's right in the middle of the road. I mean, I like the I kind of like the concept. I don't like that they're they're pretty much similar and now they're they're the same. If I didn't like 
if I didn't like the old logo so much, I'd maybe give it like a seven out of ten. But I just think it's like a Oof, four out of ten. Brother, right that's rough. But now moving into our fourth topic, this one's a, this mm. is a fun one. So a lot of you guys that might be fishing out there, you've ever watched the Bassmaster? There is no landing nets allowed in the Bassmaster. So whenever you try to land a fish in your boat, you have to physically get it out of the water with your hands. You're not allowed to use a net or some sort of like um, stick with a hook or anything. You, you have to use your hands to get the fish out of the water. And I was just wondering, Joe, what are your thoughts on that? I'm interested because there's a lot of arguments on the, <coughs> excuse me, on the uh, website that I was posted on. Um, and just another one that I'm looking at, there's guys that are commenting that like, it's not good for the fish. Cause there's a lot of times that I've been watching it, um, that like guys will drop the fish and they'll be flopping around and like, they have to pick it up and like, they always can't get it. And the fish is just like struggling and it's pretty, it's really not good for the fish when you're putting it up against the, uh, the side of the boat when you're trying to get a handle on it and then you got to take out, take it out. And then if you drop it, you got to let it, it's flopping around. You got to grab it, got to put it back. You got to weigh it. And it's, I think it's just taking a lot of time for the fish to be out of the water. And it's also just not great for the fish, I'd say, for when you're talking about how long it's definitely going to be out of the water longer. And all like, I don't know. I just think it's – I don't like the rule, but I also understand that it's trying to make it harder for the, uh, the, uh, the competition for guys to be able to – catch big fish you know because it kind of comes down to the skill of whether if you drop it then you get a two-minute penalty if you or if you can't get it like in the boat fast so you're in favor of there being landing nets or yeah wait are you are you saying that yeah i think i i am in i am in favor of a landing net but i think the rule was if you drop the fish anyways you still have the two-minute warning i think that what i think that's what it was before i'm not 100 percent sure but I gotta disagree. I like I like the no landing net rule. This here's you like why. the rule. I think that the the no landing net rule, and I I can completely understand your point of it on the health of the fish. And I'm I'm absolutely all for keeping fish healthy, especially like in situations like that. But no landing nets is what makes professional fishing professional fishing, because these these guys have. True. They're they're the best of the best. They're they're on the professional stage for a reason, and they have, in my mind, that's almost a way that they can show it. Because we'll be honest, like there's probably two things that are probably the hardest things in fishing when it comes to actually having a fish on your line. One is probably hooking it, and two is definitely landing it. And the thing about it is, landing it is a very hard skill. And when these guys do it the way they do, that makes them look professional. And it also keeps everything very interesting because, I mean, when you got a landing net, it's almost like, oh, yeah, if they get it to the boat, you're going to get the fish. But when you have no landing net, you can hear a lot of the audible from these fishermen like, oh, please don't come off. Please don't come off because it's hard to land a fish, especially when it's that close to the boat. You got a lot of line tension. Line can snap. They can, Obviously, when it's bass fishing, bass are very notorious for spitting out baits near the boat. Like, it's hard, and that's why I'm in favor of it. I, I, I agree with your point about the health of the fish and that we should keep them like, as healthy as possible, but I like the rule just because it keeps the sport professional at that level. 
That is true. I, I I get where you're coming from too. I mean, it's not to make the. I think it's more for my. It's more about the health of the fish because I mean, I've seen. I mean, I've seen uh, one time where a competition where this guy was grabbing uh, the fish off the hook and then he got it off, but it flopped around like it flopped around because it couldn't. He couldn't even put. It, yeah, yeah. Put the net up. Excuse me, and it just like. It flew off his hand and then like hit the boat or hit the floor of the boat and was just flopping around. And you can definitely tell like that's not the best thing for the fish. But I understand where you're coming from, where it makes it tough for these professionals, so it's not easy, and they can really showcase their skills and where why they're so or why they're at the position that they are for being a professional bass fisher. But I feel like there's just pros and cons for both sides. I mean, uh, the competition uh, wise of it with no net, it makes it more yeah, yeah. entertaining. I'd say. But also, if you're thinking more of the health of the fish and the well-being of uh, what you're trying to do, I think, for me, going with the no-net rule isn't the – I think it's not the greatest idea. But I I understand where other people come from. Also, one thing that kind of be hard is you're going to have to net the fish with one hand because you obviously got to hold on to your pole. So, I mean, that's kind of hard. I think in in duos or whatever, when they have the duo fishing competition, you can still use the net. I think they said – but singles, you yeah. can't. I mean, I mean, when you got duos, and that's kind of you got two people on a boat. So I mean, that's kind of that's kind of easier. But I mean, it's just kind of I don't know. It's a very touch. I I like the idea of there being no landing net for the difficulty part. But I mean, I get the the health part that you're coming from as well. But yeah, I guess that that wasn't as heated as I thought it was going to be. But whatever. But now probably. <laughs> Kind yeah, of anticlimactic. Definitely a more climactic <laughs> topic for the last one. We last time we were on the show, we had a, a battle of NCAA mascots, and now today we're gonna do NCAA basketball uniforms. What ones are the best? Which ones are the worst? What do you think, Joe? For my opinion, my favorites are Kansas. Really. I, yeah, I love because I love the colorway of the red, white, and blue, and as well as like their uh, third jersey or whatever, or like their not their they have like the main white one, they have the main blue one, the main red one, but they have like an all white and blue one that has like cursive letters that mm-hmm. says Jayhawks on it, and also it has like kind of a cream white look to it, and I it's just a really good colorway I think as well as just the way that's situated the number isn't too big on the front, as well as like. There's a lot of jerseys that I've seen that feel like I they do way too much like what's it called mm-hmm. piping that's yeah, on yeah. the side, where it's like kind of like yeah, the yeah. lines like on the bottom. And I mean, you've seen we've talked about Ferris jerseys too. Like there's there's sometimes where you see it and there's just way too much. I feel like they're trying to just do too much with like the piping and the colorways mm-hmm. on the shorts and on the shirt. But the Jayhawks they do a really good job of just making it so there's just a gotcha. good looking jersey as well. For my one of mine, I'll have to go with the North Carolina. I I like the the plaid on the on the side of the jersey. I'm I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of that just because it's a classic traditional uniform. And I mean, obviously with the Jordan um, branding now, they kind of made it more modern. But I like it. I think it's cool. I I really like. I like the yeah. I like the look of well, it geez, too. Joe, don't agree with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just, okay, here's the thing. The reason that I don't like it is because if you look at all their jerseys, I don't like their third jersey. Which, where it's like the all 
it's like an all blue with black. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that one. I don't like that one that much. If it was, if they had like a solid like, uh, rot like I guess you could say roster of um jerseys like Kansas does. I mean, I'm being kind of biased right now because I like their jerseys, but. If they had like a solid roster, then they would probably be higher up on my list. But I just don't like their third yeah, jersey. Yeah, the, the black one. It's it's hard to make a really good like black uniform when you have like a lot of tradition. I mean, you you got to change it. It's not like you can make it the same. But yeah, I mean, I can see where that one is. But yeah, another one that I really like is a uh, Marquette. Really, Mark. I oh love their jerseys. I, I, oh man, I I. Those ones are kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about those ones. The I like I like their gray and yellow one because that one is just a solid colorway because they have like the kind of like the stripe, the horizontal stripes mm-hmm. on the side, which looks really good. And they don't really they're not trying to do too much with the jersey. It's just a solid colorway along with their blue, their light blue ones. The light blue ones are just man. Okay, I I love it. I I don't mind the Marquette ones. Here's what I don't like about them. I I'm not a huge fan of the name under the number. I think that kind of that kind of like clogs the middle of the jersey. But I mean, some some te- some teams are good at it and pull I, it off. Yeah. But on, on those uniforms, I don't, I don't know. I just there's not a. I guess there's there's not a whole lot of like vibrancy to the uniforms. They're kind of more. That's just to my mind. They kind of seem a little bit like I guess you could say like dull. I mean, I mean, I mean they're they're not bad uniforms. Obviously, you've seen worse, but I mean, I can see where you're coming from with I mean those points. I mean, it is a pretty good uniform, but the one thing I don't like about it is the the name under the number and just kind of the there's not a much of vibrancy like we see with other teams. Like your Kansas, like red with the blue piping. That uniform's actually pretty sick overall, just because it's pretty vibrant. But those ones, they're they're more Marquettes are kind of dull. That's just my opinion, though. See, that's the thing. I like how they're not super intricate. Like you know, like if you look at it, there's no piping like on the bottom of the short when they have like the outlines that follow the all the way around. There's none of that. It's just a solid colorway all the way down with like some good accents of color on the side of the jersey. And I think, I think that the number, the name under the let, uh, the name under the number is a solid change. What? Like, I oh love that. Oh my goodness! I because you, you always see you always see I, the name I, over the number. It's classic though. And for some, plus plus it plus it like makes yeah, the uniform but... more like unified. I would say. Well, when you got the, I don't know. I guess so, but also I just like it. What I feel like with their. But they don't choose a huge lettering for it, and I think that's kind of what goes for them. Is they have the number, they have a solid size of le- the solid size lettering for the name of the school Marquette under the number, and I think it just suits very well. You can disagree <laughs> with me what you want, Brandon. It's okay to be wrong. No, that, it's, it's our opinion. But overall, there overall, I feel like that's the most clean one. But I still. It probably goes Kansas and then Marquette for me because I just love okay. Kansas's jerseys. Well, I don't I like them as a team, like bro. Not like my next one, but I'm 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 honestly torn, and it's and it's pretty obvious why because the the uniforms are both really similar for both these teams. But I'm I'm debating between Baylor and Oregon. 
but I gotta look those up real quick. I, I I'm a big fan of how Oregon likes to like change. I like how they have a lot of uniforms. I mean, obviously, it's kind of like dumb because they have like ten uniforms and every other team has like two or three. But I really, I mean, like Oregon's, they have a lot of different like colorways that they can do, and they have a lot of different like options that make their uniforms just kind of like stand out as one of like oh that's a pretty cool uniform like their black uniform with uh, the yellow lettering that one's pretty cool i i think just because like the fonts and the numbers True. tie together the shorts kind of make it a little bit more vibrant with um here's here's the thing about oh boy. oregon that i don't like I don't like the font that they use for the numbers. I feel like it's just a weird-looking thing. And also, the bright green jersey. I don't know if they still use it now, but like, kind of a couple. Like, I think it was like two years ago when they had the bright, like the really bright green jersey with a duck on the front, mm-hmm. like above the letter. No, Ugh. oh, disgusting, I, disgusting. I actually, okay, are, when you mean bright green, are you talking the regular? I don't mind- it's literally okay, the, the neon, neon green. green. The neon okay, green. I don't. I I rem, uh, like the this past. Are you talking about the one from this past year? That had was it last year? There was year? one this I knew year it that was, had, was green recent, and it but... had the duck, and then it had the number. I will give you this though. I like the look of the jersey. That's kind of like the more blockish letters. It's like the green with the yellow piping around the arms and the neck, and then it's got like it just says "Fighting Ducks" on it. That okay. one I like a lot. So that would one's you, a nice one. Would you agree but, more that Baylor's looks better? Because I think so, but they also they also uh, do a, like a neon yellow color for one of theirs, and I'm not feeling uh, that. You're one just either. not a you're just not a neon kind of a guy. <laughs> no, because it doesn't look good. Their okay. colors aren't neon. Can it's we yellow both and green. agree that Michigan State's alternate football uniforms look garbage? Okay. Ugh. All right. Oh my Perfect. Gosh. We... I liked how you brought up Michigan State because I'm gonna give them a little props. Because I do you remember their uh their like their alternate uniforms that was for the like when they had the agricultural college, the MAC. Yeah, those ones are kind of those ones are. I cool. really like those, and I like the ones. I like the ones where it's like the white jersey, and it says "Stay on the front." Yeah, cursive. yeah, yeah. That Honestly, one I really like, like as well. The amount I of like that throwbacks that Michigan State has in the white is kind of very like. It's kind of funny because they have like four alternate throwback white uniforms, but they don't have any of the other colors besides like the black and then the regular green. It's just kind of funny that they have it because you think about it, they have the they got the moc yeah. one. You were talking That's one about thing. they got this the state and cursive. They also got the throwbacks they wore this year that were like the what I don't know what year it was, like the eighty or the nineties ones that had like the diagonal lettering or whatever. Or or what whatever oh, it was yeah. like the That's I, don't disgusting. Know. I, I just remember watching them and it, I was like they just kinda looked weird to me, but I will say this though. I I mean, my number one, it's gotta be the Wolverines. I love the maze and the blue. I, 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 I really like Michigan Street. I just wish we had like an alternate, like instead of just a solid white, solid yellow, and solid blue. I wish we had one where it's like a cool looking, like just a okay. cool alternate. I mean, I jersey. can respect that. So, 
I mean, I love Michigan's yeah. jerseys. I love them. But I do wish that we had, like, a cool alternate. Like, I mean, State has, like, four alternates. I don't think we need that much. But just, like, one that's just, like, a cool one where you pull out, like, every yeah, three so or four games. Almost like the, the tournament, like, all yellow ones. Kind of like that. Like. Yeah, like that. But just, just like. Something, just something different. Because when, when you look at all three of them next to each other, they all. The only difference is just the main color yeah. difference. Like, they all have, like, the yellow, blue, and white piping around the neck and the arms and the bottom of the shorts. And they have that M on the mm-hmm. bottom of the shorts. I'm, I'm a he- and Then the only, the only difference is just that. But I'm just – I like Michigan's jerseys, but I, that's the only thing that I, yeah. I wish that they had. That's, like, the only reason why they're not, okay. like, yeah, number I can two or three. I, I really like the, the traditional, as you uh, – like, with their uniforms, like – the piping is very universal. It's just all the same. Like the lettering, the I like that they used all. If they would have just had like navy and white for the main, I would. I'm so glad they have a, a maze one because that makes it just that much better. But I will say this, Joe: there are some bad ones out there. Like not definitely like Notre oh, Dame's green goodness. ones. Yeah, those ones are those ones are pretty gross. Like. Oh, there's actually there was actually an article. Absolutely disgusting. Like Miami's. Oh, oh my gosh, Miami's yeah, is disgusting. There's actually an article in here that says um, one of Michigan's um, uniforms is like the worst uniform, and I'm trying. It won't upload the picture, what? and I think that's because they realized they were wrong, so they took it down. But I I can't. I can't believe that that would be true, but there, I, I got to say like, there are some bad ones that we've seen in the past. The Notre Dame green one. Oh, that one, that one might top the list. That one's, that one's pretty gross overall. And some people actually thought like the, the, the Louisville, they had like that tiger striping. I kind of actually like that. It kind of looked cool, but some people think that one was gross. I mean, I don't know. Have you seen the um, yeah. the uniforms that Arizona has that are like red and they have like the uh, they're like or they're not red they're 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 oh they're they're away like their main away uniforms they're like blue or they're not oh it's like the blue yeah, it's like the uh, gradient look, I don't I don't like it 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 looks I don't really like any jersey that so uses the gradient weird dude I don't. I just don't like it. Like, it looks like it just con- conflicts itself. Like, the old uniform they had looked honestly pretty pretty good. But the one they have now, the, the, there's too much gradient. I can agree with that. There's too much gradient. Like, the one that they used to have, like, a couple years ago looked really clean. And that one looked pretty nice. But the one they have this year, it just, I, uh, yeah, it does not look, that does not look good. Yeah, it it's just it's just not yeah, it. Like it's just not. They it. have like the replica ones from like I think it was like a last year with the um with the the old gradient. The old gradient honestly didn't look that bad, but this year when they added like the I like the the white pipe or the I guess yeah, you could call it the white piping, but like just the side stripes. It looks I I don't like it. There's too much going on there. It needs to be simpler. Definitely. It's 
there's there's a lot of bad ones that I wonder what they're like I guess PR department or like what their what the thought process was when they were sitting down at the table wondering what they New Jersey could something. look like, <laughs> and then they come up with like yeah. disgusting ones. I'm just wondering how people still have their jobs. Uh, it's just a, ugh. yeah, the, terrible. Yeah. There there are some there's some bad ones. I mean, I, that's it's funny because I I honestly used to like the Arizona uniforms, and they came out with that one from this year, and I'm just like. Oh, what's going on here? Like the ones that um, not good. I'm blanking on his name right now. My goodness, Alonzo Trier wore. Like those ones were honestly not bad, but then you got the the ones they have now, and no, I'm just gonna put a no on that, Chief. Nope, nope. It's a no it's stamp. Nope. No, no, v- vetoed. Get out Rejected. of here. Like we Redacted. don't want to see that anymore. But Terrible. anyway, Joe, I think that's gonna be the end of it for today. What else do you have to say? I'm excited for the next episode. We're going to probably try to have a guest for the next episode, or we're just going to try to see what it works out with our kind of way of recording now because we have to do it, like, over the phone, and we're just going to try to figure it out first. But our goal is to have a guest in the near future. Um, but I thought it was a good episode today. Yeah, definitely I had a, a lot fun, of fun. Just to say the least. But, yeah, probably, guys, now that we have this – this little quarantine um, time period right now, it is most likely that we're probably going to be only recording one episode per week. It'll be on Tuesdays. We will, if you want to know any news about our episodes or our show in general, go follow our Twitter at the MVSP and follow us and you will get all the news you need to, especially when Joe missed all the details. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. Okay. I was, <laughs> One time. I was just kidding. I deleted All the right, tweet. Alright guys. Well, we will see you later.